as we're starting off uh, this new year, 2016, we, uh, we want to look uh, for the month of January and uh, a series on prayer because it's so important as the people of God that we trust God in prayer, that we communicate with God in prayer, that we be a people of prayer. And I think so often we've, um, we've lost touch with, with what that means uh, as a church. We've lost touch with the, the power that there is in the people bowing before our great God and trusting Him in prayer. And so each week we're going to be looking at different aspects of, of prayer. Uh, this week we're talking about uh, praise and worship Next week about uh, repentance and petition. The, uh, the third Sunday on the 17th, um, Murray Shanks is going to, to, uh, to bring a message on intercessory prayer. Um, the next week we'll be talking about solitude and silence. Now I know most of you probably wish that means I wouldn't be preaching that day, that it'd just be silent. But uh, we're talking about how you can communicate with God through times of solitude and even silence. And uh, the last Sunday of this month, uh, Ron Bevis is going to come back and bring a message for us on, on Thanksgiving and how we can uh, communicate with God through this. Now, um, I do want to warn you a little bit, and that's that uh, I was thinking how wonderful it was to have Lorraine back up here um, worshiping. But see, it's been a few months, if you remember, since she's been up here leading. And some of you thought she might kind of fly away as she was just getting into the, the worship and really, uh, really enjoying that. And it's so great to see her getting back into it. And I've noticed for, for a time, if, if I haven't got to preach for a while, and then you get to preach, you just really get into that sermon. You really go, and it was great to see her doing that with the worship. And the warning comes for um, Sunday the 17th, because Murray's coming back to preach, and he's been, you know, almost a year or so since he's been able to preach here. And so, you know, we might be here for a while. He might just really get, just get into it and just keep going. Um, but no, we, we really look forward to, uh, uh, to both Murray and Ron being able to join us in this series on, on prayer uh, because it's so important uh, that we as the people of God spend time every day communicating with God in prayer. Um, there's a story of the great uh, preacher Martin Luther that um, his barber, when they was cutting his hair, and asked him... Uh, about the Christian life. What is the Christian life all about? And Martin Luther didn't respond, but he went home and wrote him a 40-page letter uh, talking about the, the Christian life. And, and in it, I love this quote, he said, it's a good thing to let prayer be the first business of the morning and the last in the evening. Isn't that beautiful? It's good to let prayer be the first business of the morning and the last in the evening. Um, I'll spare you the other 40 pages uh, of that. Uh, but beautiful out of, of the importance of prayer. Prayer is so much more than just bowing your head and closing your eyes and maybe crossing your hands. It's communicating with God. And we can do that in so many different ways. It doesn't mean we always have to be uh, in, a, in a posture, I guess, of prayer. Uh, you, can, you can pray while you're driving, and I hope that you're not doing that with your, your um, eyes closed and your, your head bowed. You can, you can pray while you're eating. Uh, it doesn't mean you're always having to, to speak the words. Uh, you, can, you can pray while you're lying in bed at night. You can pray early in the morning. You can pray while you're working. It's about always having our heart open to God, communicating with Him. 
And so we're going to talk about this month some different ways we can do that through our worship, through um, our repentance and petition, through intercession, intercession and praying uh, for others, through solitude and silence, and through times of giving thanksgiving and praise and adoration to God. There are many implications for the church about being a people of, of prayer. First of all, I think prayer focuses the attitude of our heart and praise on God. You see, prayer takes things out of our hands and puts them in God's, which is wonderful because we can do so little and God can do so much. I've looked through a few times, but I can't ever find any scripture that says all things are possible with man or nothing's impossible if you believe in God, but it says all things are possible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. He is all-powerful. He has all power and authority, and He's willing to use that to care for you. He is a miraculous God, a miracle-working God who we can trust, who proves over and over and over again that we can trust Him. And so why would we keep on worrying about the different things in our life that we can do little or nothing about instead of trusting it to a God who's able to do anything? So many times... So many times the doctors have said, there's no hope. Make peace with God. Make peace with your family because your days are numbered. Well, all of our days are numbered, aren't they? They're numbered by our Heavenly Father who created us. And we're not going to live a minute longer or a minute less than He has planned. The doctors know so much. And I'm not, not trying to disrespect any doctors or uh, medical specialists here, but we are limited in our knowledge as we base that knowledge on how things statistically would be. But God doesn't work that way, does He? God is a God of miracles who He just steps in and things change. And I've known of so many times in which we're praying for... uh, I remember growing up praying for this lady who who had a a severe uh, tumor in her brain. And... um, they said this is uh, almost the size of a grapefruit. They said this is taking up most of her, of her brain up here. And uh, we're praying and praying for, uh, for her when they get up uh, for the next scan to see what sort of, if they can operate on this or not or if they can reduce the size or what they can do. And they come up and they can't find anything. There's no tumor there at all. There's no... Uh, there's no um, evidence that there was ever a tumor there. But yet they look back through the, the, the old scans and they're comparing things and they're saying, this is obviously here uh, and now it's gone. And they said, I don't know how this could happen. And this dear lady said, I know exactly how this has happened. The church had been praying for me. God stepped in and worked a miracle. And we see it happen over and over and over. Physically, God heals relationally, in marriages, in family. God provides healing. God is our hope, our refuge, and our strength. And so we need to trust Him in that. Prayer moves our attitude of our heart and praise to God for who He is and for His glorious riches because He is the God who can do all things. Prayer helps us admit our faults to God and seek His guidance. Prayer helps us to trust God with the care of our life. Prayer helps us to, to lift one another up, to underpin uh, in prayer. 
Prayer is an opportunity to listen to and to faithfully follow the voice of God. We as the people of God who say that we love God, we say that we trust God, we need to be a people of prayer. That every single day, every single moment of the day, we are in an attitude of prayer. We are in constant communication with God. Today, we're talking about praise and worship. Our heart focusing on and speaking to and opening up to God. I love the story of uh, a lady who, she'd always been going to a very charismatic church. And uh, her, she comes for the first time to a very traditional, uh, almost liturgical Baptist church. And um, she starts hearing the message and the pastor's preaching. And she shouts out, praise the Lord! And a staunch old fellow looked over at her and he said, we don't praise the Lord in our church. <laughs> and then the lady sitting next to him said, yeah, we praise the Lord. It's on, number, it's on the hymn number 19 in our hymn book. <laughs> so officially they do praise the Lord in the book, uh, but only when it's the time to, to sing. No true expressions of the heart, just following in the book. Now, we can sing, praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. We can sing... Praise Him in our hymns, or we can truly praise Him by a cry of our heart. You see, worship is not about the words that are on the page or the words that are on the, the PowerPoint screen. Worship is about the attitude of our heart. It's our own hearts cry out to God to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let's worship Him with all of our heart. So why do we communicate with God in worship? Why do we do that? Why is it important? Because, well, the Bible tells us, first of all, God is worthy of our praise. In, um, in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 4, and also in Psalm or, uh, chapter 18, verse 3, he said God is worthy of our praise. And so we call on the God who is worthy of our praise, and He saves us. He is a God who is faithful. He is a God who is forever true. Revelation chapter 5, verse 12. Many of you could quote this. It's a beautiful passage of who God is. It says, In a loud voice the angels are saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. We praise God because He is the only one worthy of that praise. Worthy to receive all glory and honor and praise. The Bible also says in Psalm 33, verse 1, that praise benefits uh, those who are righteous. It says it's fitting for us, for those who are righteous, to praise Him. It's fitting for those who God has blessed to give praise to Him. Praise and honor, we are to, to communicate with God in our praise and worship because God is great and is so worthy of our praise. Look with me in reading for today in Psalm 145. Psalm 145, beginning here in verse 1. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of our praise. 
His greatness no one can fathom. Isn't that beautiful? I want to challenge you actually throughout later in today, read through Psalm 145, a beautiful psalm of praise and honor and worship, or even a hymn of praise and worship for our great God. We praise God because He alone is so worthy. Verse 3 says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of our praise. His greatness no one can fathom. He's beyond our imagination. He does things that no one else can even imagine would happen. He does things that our family say is impossible. He does things that the doctors say is impossible. He does things that financial experts say is impossible. He provides healing to whole nations. He provides leadership and changes to governments that we cannot see even possible. God is a miraculous, a miracle-working God. We should praise God because He's good. Psalm 100 verse 5 says, He is great and His love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. God is a faithful and loving God and, and we are to communicate with Him in, in times of praise and worship because He is worthy of our praise, because He is holy and righteous, because He is good, because He is the one that we need to trust. He is the one who provides the healing. He's the one who provides the hope. He's the one who restores all things for good. He is the one we can trust. Now, when are we to communicate with God in prayer? And when are we to praise God with our lives and with our hearts? Well, you would think, you would think there'd be some passage in there that says, when everything's going really well in your life, Praise God. Now, it may say that. It does say, in all times, praise God. But it doesn't just say, when, uh, when there's enough money, when you think there's enough money in the bank account, praise God. When you think that everyone is, going, is healthy and strong, praise God. When you think everything is going your way, praise God. When it's a smooth sailing road ahead of you, or path ahead of you, praise God. What it actually says is at all times we are to praise God, continually praise God. Psalm 70, 71 verse 6 says we are to continually praise God. It says, I have relied on God for my birth and I will ever praise you. Every day of my life I will praise you. Every day of my life I will say thank you. Every day of my life I will worship you because you are holy and you're righteous and worthy. Not because my circumstances are great, not because everything's going my way, not because everything's working out at the moment, but because of who you are, I will worship you. Because of who you are, I will trust you. Because of who you are, I will sing praises to you every single day. Psalm 74, verse 21, speaks to the poor and needy and says, don't let the poor and needy retreat or run away, but let them praise Him. Let those who are in need praise His holy name. Psalm 35, verse 28, another challenge to just speak God's praises every single day. Psalm 35, verse 28 says, My tongue will proclaim your righteousness, your praises all day long. All day long, I will sing out your praises. All day long, I will worship you. Now, I've yet to meet a person that all day long 
They feel like singing. Now, there are people. Have you ever met those people who are just happy all the time? Somebody ought to just slap them. Yeah? They're just, <laughs> something's not right there. You know, you see these people, and they just, they always got a smile on their face. And, and, and sometimes we put those as the greeters in church. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about the greeters this morning, but sometimes you see them welcoming people in church, and they say, how you doing? It's great to see you. And you say, it's great to be here. Wonderful. Because sometimes we don't feel like smiling, do we? Sometimes we don't feel like singing. Sometimes we don't feel like dancing. Hopefully some of you don't feel like dancing because some of you probably aren't very good at it because you're Baptist. But um, the, uh, oh, I can say I've been a Baptist all my life and I was going to say you should see my moves, but I don't really have any. So um, Sometimes we don't feel like dancing. Sometimes we don't feel like singing. But all times the Bible says we are to praise Him. Now that doesn't make any sense, does it? It doesn't make sense. Why would we be singing all the time? Why would we be praising Him all the time? But you see, praise and worship, communicating with God through our worship, is not just about singing. It's not about putting a fake smile on, saying, oh, we're always supposed to be happy. We're always supposed to be worshiping. Got to be singing His praises all day long. Saying, God, I'm going to trust you, even in my dark days. Even on those days. And you know what? It's okay to say to God, I don't have the words today. I don't have that fake smile to put on my face. But God, I trust you. And I know who you are. And I know that you are holy and you're righteous. And I know you'll bring me through this. I know you can lead me through. I know I can trust you. And let our hearts cry out to God and say, God, you are holy. I am am unhealthy at the moment. God, I am in pain at the moment. God, I don't understand the situation in the moment. But God, I will trust you. And I will honor you. And I will praise you with all of my heart. And with all of my soul. And with all of my strength. Worship is not about the the singing. Because some of us can't sing. Worship is not about the smiles that we put on our face. Because sometimes it's just not there, is it? Worship is not about the dancing or the hands raised in the air or whatever it is. Worship is our heart crying out to God, I trust you. And holy, holy is your name. You are worthy of all of our praise all day long. When things are going great, I will praise you. When things are not going so great, I will trust you and I will praise you because you are holy and you are worthy and you are righteous. God, it is you that I trust all day long. What's our communication of God to look like? If it's not about the words that we say, it's not about the hands being raised in the air, it's not about certain things, what should our worship look like? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, has a, uh, a great answer to this. It talks about letting, let's offer acceptable reverence and worship to God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 says, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Isn't that beautiful? I love this. It says, Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for God is a consuming fire. Now, I was raised in a very traditional Baptist church. You didn't clap. 
You didn't raise your hands. People would look at you if you did. Who's that weird person? They don't belong here. If someone had a great music autumn, nobody would clap. Nobody would encourage anyone. And it was taught, even from the idea from this passage, is that we are to worship God in reverence and in awe, sitting quietly, honoring Him, because He's a consuming fire. I actually think this passage that, uh, that is written here in the book of Hebrews to the church is saying we need to celebrate God, not just with the, the songs that we sing and the words that we say, but with the attitude of our hearts, cry out to Him, praise Him, because He's a consuming fire. Celebrate what He has, di- what he has done for us and what He does for us. With, with all of our hearts, cry out to Him. With all of our hearts, honor Him and worship Him. Let our heart, it's not about the songs that we sing or the the things we do with our hands. It's not about uh, what we do to be seen by men. It's about our heart being in awe of our Savior. It's about our heart being amazed by the God that we serve. God is a consuming fire who just takes over and and works miracles as we trust in Him. Micah, uh, chapter 6 has a great passage in verse 8 in which people are asking the prophet, what is it like to worship? So if God wants to be worshipped, how should we do it? Should we do it with 10,000 rams and rivers of oil? Should we do it with all these sacraments and, and sacrifices? And Micah says, to worship God is to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. That's the sort of worship God wants. It's not about the songs that we sing, although they're wonderful. It's not about the things that we do in the church, although that's great. It's not about just meeting on a Sunday morning, which is wonderful. It's about living out a love for God, showing with all of our hearts, showing with our life that we trust our God, that we worship our God, that we want to honor our God. Jesus was asked by the woman at the well in John chapter 4. He was asked... Look, so who's right? Some people worship, worship God in the temple in Jerusalem. Some worship in other places, which is right. And, and Jesus said, oh, look, there's going to come a, a day in which uh, none of these are, are really worshiping God in the right way, whether it be in Jerusalem or other places. But those who worship God worship Him in spirit and in truth. So God is a spirit, and those who truly worship Him worship Him in spirit and in truth. So it's not about where you worship. It's not about whether you're in church on a Sunday morning, although I think you should be. It's not about the songs that we sing, although I think they're amazing. I think they're wonderful. It's not about the things that we do as a church. It's about the attitude of our heart in awe of the great Spirit of God, in awe of all He can do for us, True, truly living out our praises to Him. Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1 is a great challenge from um, when Paul writing to the church of Rome. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Isn't that beautiful? I urge you, in view of God's mercy... He has done so much for us. He has given His all for us. He is that promised 
Messiah who's brought to us deliverance and hope and life everlasting. Therefore, in view of all of that mercy, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Now, a sacrifice isn't normally living, is it? A sacrifice is killed and it ends to offer as a praise to God, as a service for God. So I want, to offer, I want you to offer yourself as the church of God, as a living sacrifice that lives holy and pleasing to God. This is a true worship. It's not just the songs. It's about humbling ourselves before God. In awe of who He is, it's about submitting to Him, crying out before God and listening to Him for guidance. It's an amazing way to communicate with God in prayer. Prayer is not just about bowing our heads and closing our eyes and having a little talk with God or about being led in prayer by someone in the church. Prayer can be about worship and praise. Our quiet times, as we might call them, our times of devotion don't need to be quiet at all. It could be times in which you're singing out praises to God. It could be times in which you're listening to, to worship, listening to others worship God. And your heart just joins them because of who God is. It's not based on our circumstances. It's based on who God is and all He does for us. I want to challenge you to open your heart to God now. Let your heart cry out to Him in worship. In the songs, in the silence, praise God with all of your heart, with all of your soul and with all of your strength. It's not about the words. It's about the heart. In light of who God is and all that He's done, I pray that you praise Him. Praise Him for all that He's done. The great, a great old, uh, one we, we grew up in Baptist tradition, I guess, singing the doxology. It says these beautiful words. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all the creatures here below. Praise Him, all you heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Let's praise Him with all of our heart, not based on what is going on in our life, but just because of who He is. Trust God in prayer. Communicate with Him in your time of praise and worship. Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly God, I just thank You and I praise You for who You are. For God, You can be trusted when things are going great. You can be trusted when things are falling apart, it seems, on our end. God, we know that You are holy and that You're righteous and so worthy of our praise. And we pray that at all times, Our hearts, God, can cry out to you and say, God, we trust you. We love you for you are a great God. You are our conquering king. You are our healer and savior and provider. And it is you that we trust. And God, may our hearts in all times sing your praises. May our lives, God, live as glorious offerings of praise to you, our great God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.